Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we head to Switzerland and we turn our attentions to Michael Cohen. Michael is a coach, a consultant and an RTT practitioner. How are you today, Michael? Hi, Mark. I'm very good. I'm very happy to be here with you. Yeah, and you're flying the flag for Switzerland. We've not had anybody from Switzerland yet, so you are flying the flag. I'm happy to be the first one. I mean, Switzerland being the center of Europe, but still not being the EU. So quite particular position. Excellent. Well, I'm really looking forward to this conversation we're going to have today, Michael, and uh, really going to be fascinated to kind of find out a little bit more about how you work and some of the things that really inspire you and help move you forward as well. Uh, The first question I wanted to ask you today, Michael, is how do you help people to realize their greatness? How do you do that? Well, to answer properly your question, I eventually have to tell you a bit, you know, my story, because very often our own mess become our message, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been working for years in various type of company in at sea level management, uh, in startup, in corporates, in SMEs, and I've been, I would say, successful in reaching I mean, having good achievements and everything, but still inside of me, I had a kind of feeling of not being exactly where I wanted to be, not be fully fulfilled. And I thought, okay, there is something more that I could do and I should do. And I realized that very often we are on obstacle to success or to what, regardless of what the definition of success doesn't have to be uh, money or whatever. It's really about what you define yourself as a success. And most of the time, if not always, the, the main obstacle is really ourself. And I figure out through my career that I help people, I help some people to, you know, find out into themselves then their own quality, their own self-confidence, their own greatness in order to achieve the next level. And this is the way that I started this coaching activity a few years ago now because I realized it was something that I think I was good at and also I enjoyed doing it really. So I'm trying to go behind and beyond their own belief system, try to figure out what is blocking them, why are they feeling that they are not where they should be and trying to you know dig deeper and using different tool and modalities to to find out and discover what is blocking them somehow. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot in there. I love what you said about messing the message, the importance of defining success, because I think only only each of us can define that. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I agree, you know, we often are the biggest obstacle uh, in, our, in our way. And it sounds like one of the roles that you play is to really increase people's self-awareness uh, of who they really are. And, and the, whole, the whole belief system interestingly you know our belief determines our behavior so what we believe is true we then behave out of that truth 
Uh, and sometimes I think, Michael, we we take people's opinion as truth and, and we lose ourselves in accepting everything that people say about us. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's that's you're absolutely right. Most of the time we have been also, I think it was very educational and maybe it's a question of also generation, but uh, more and more we tend to judge ourselves through the eyes of other people. I mean, it, as well, it was always the case, I think, from in the history, I mean, the, 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 the look of the other people have any influence of what we think. But today, with everything about social media, you know, the number of likes, the number of uh, uh, positive comments that you get on social media, even for the young generation, everything is related to how the other people are looking and appreciate you. And it has a huge impact because it destroys our own core um, you know, strength because everything is depending depending from the outside world and much less from the inside, and this it put us in in a very weakened position instead of strengthening us. Everything is coming from the outside, so you are not in control. You are not dependent. You cannot build yourself because the outside world, the outside appraisal, has control of your own appreciation, and this is. I think growing and growing. I have the, ch- I mean, I have four children, uh, four boys. I mean, I can tell you, it's a lot of challenges, and I see the impact of the social media they have. It, it, I mean, have on on them. It's it's incredible because they live their life through the number of like, the number of uh, views and comments that they get on a post, and a lot of. But it says a lot about themselves because they have difficulty to see themselves through their own eyes and appreciate what they are. And they build themselves through the look of the other people. And this is, I find, very dangerous, honestly, I mean, today. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Michael. What would be some of your thoughts if we were to go a little deeper of how how do we all, because I, st- I still think that even myself, there's times where you know, I I judge myself based on what other people see. What 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 can we all do? I think I feel like we're all in this together. What can maybe one or two things can we do to take back control that we are no longer being governed by what other people think, but being governed by our own self awareness uh, and having a relationship with ourselves. I mean, the first thing is to. To, to acknowledge that first, because some people are not even aware. I mean, they think that, you know, this is normal, this is the way. And so first acknowledging it's already solving part of the problem. And then doing inner work, I mean, yourself help being held by people around you, like, you know, coaches, therapists, whatever suits you, because I don't think there is one fits all. I mean, I will mm-hmm. not tell you, oh, coach or a TT therapist are the, the uh, soul method. You have to find something that helps you to build your own strength, which is the funny thing because I say we can, I mean, we see ourselves through the the eyes from the others, but on the other hand, sometimes it's difficult also to make the journey ourselves because we are harsher on ourselves than some other people can be. So having the support of people that can help you to, 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 I mean, to turn your look inside yourself is also a good support. So I think that this journey, unless you are, you know, you have the own tools and you have everything inside of you, but if you don't search for support, search for 
people helping you through this journey to find out what you can do. And I don't think there, as I said, there is not what one fits all recipe. It's really up to you to experiment. Don't, you know, try to say, oh, there is this guy that will do a miracle. It will eventually for you, but for some other people it won't. So experiment, don't stay stuck in one experimentation. If it didn't work, fine, there is always a solution. So be curious, be critical in your own expertise, in your own uh, experience. If you didn't like it, trust yourself, do something different and always learn at the end. Very, it's very interesting, isn't it? This topic, I, I think we could spend the whole time here, but but we won't. We will, we will move, <laughs> we'll move forward. Um, now, similar to me, you're very much um, driven by wanting to impact and also helping other people uh, make an impact. What do you feel is the best way for each of us to make an impact in this world? This is a good question. Because I've been, to be honest with you, I've been, let's say, challenged by this question about having an impact to the world and everything. Because for a long time, for me, it was like, you know, I'm not that pretentious to think that I will impact the world, you know, I mean, and then it took me some time to do some also inner work to realize that the impact can be one discussion at a time, can be first impact yourself, I mean, make yourself grow, evolve and then it's like spreading around you it will impact the people around you and then you can start to work on with other people one discussion at a time one brain at a time and it's spreading it's like a plague you know eventually but a positive one i mean it's 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 growing don't be too hard with yourself wanting to change the world from one day to another it's a it's an exponential effect i think i think it's really like Go one person at a time, one discussion at a time, uh, one impact at a time. And this person will then also impact people around you. Imagine that you impact, you know, a, a father or a mother when I'm coaching people. It impacts him or her, but it will impact also his family, his relation, and so forth and so on. So that's why I think, at least for myself, this is my recipe. I don't try to say I want to change the world and having like millions of people talking I want to do once at a time, and I'm sure that is that has a, a cripple effect, you know. I love that. I think we're very aligned there, Michael, because, you know, I, I do believe that if we want to impact the world, we've got to impact our own world first. And I love that you brought it back to the simplicity of, of a conversation, you know, of a, of a comment, of a compliment, you know, something small that then that grows and, and develops. So I really love that because I think that's very relatable. Here's an interesting question for you, and I don't think the answer's, um, you know, critical. I'm just fascinated because I know that you, there's kind of two parts to from what I could glean in your work. You're very much focused on developing people, but you're also very much focused on developing business strategy. So my question to you is, what do you think is the most essential in business? Is it to transform people or to innovate? I've been in innovation working in, as I say, in corporates, in startups, and this type of world in the IT world. I have an engineering background. So I'm a computer science engineer. So I love everything about innovation and everything. However, I discovered that if you 
don't have both pillar. I mean, if you don't have the right people, if you don't have the right mindset, innovation is restricted. So it has to go alongside. I started, I mean, a few years ago as a pure, what we call business coach, you know, helping business to grow through uh, changing their sales, marketing processes, whatever. I mean, helping them. And very quickly, I discovered that it was not enough because it was frustrating for me because I saw the people kind of reaching a glass ceiling, despite that they had everything in place. I mean, everything was done properly. They followed the recipe, they implemented what we agreed and discussed, but still they were reaching a glass ceiling. And I discovered that, as I said before, that they were their own uh, obstacle. So if you don't work also on, on, on the people and empowering them, removing their limiting belief, making themselves believe in themselves and allowing them to think, I don't like this expression because I mean, but I will use it, thinking out of the box, because I like to think there is no box. So, so uh, if you don't help people to have a creative thinking, to develop this type of mindset, innovation does not exist. So it's important. And again, I make a, um, a comparison because I've been very sensitive to how my children, I mean, are educated through school and everything. And it's fascinating for me to see how much the, I'm talking about Swiss school, so I don't know if it's everywhere the same, but what I can feel and see and talk, it seems to be very much the same. Creative thinking, critical thinking has been really reduced. So we don't teach our children, we don't teach people how to be creative. We restrict this. We ask them just to learn by heart, to follow the rules, to not get out of this famous box because this is not acceptable or this is not the way things should be. So I have one son which is a very creative mind, but he has been so unhappy last year with some of his teachers because they were restricting him. And by chance this year, he came with a new teacher and this person is much more open. And he's striving. What is change? I mean, nothing has changed. I mean, we didn't give him, you know, pills or injections. It's just that if you have the right environment with the right people supporting you and helping you to grow your qualities, then it changed the world. Yeah, and I think that's an important point as well, uh, Michael, because often we can sometimes think we're the problem. Like your son could reflect and think, you know, the problem's me, you know, and in fact, it wasn't him. It was the, it was the environment or, or the space in which was being held for him. So I think for people that are struggling, sometimes the problem isn't you. The problem is is where either you live or even the job that you're doing. You know, I, I've always been liberated by if the jacket doesn't fit, I'm not wearing it. You know, and we need to be more, we need to be more comfortable and realize sometimes the problem isn't me. The problem is where me is, like in terms of the environment. Yeah. And that's where we need to shift, right? That's, that's absolutely right. And 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 it's, again, it's inner work, as we said before, because if you don't ask yourself the question and still always criticizing, oh, I'm not good at that, I'm not good at that, you know, but maybe you're not in the right environment and you should think and do the exercise about thinking, okay, if you're not happy where you are, what can you change to make yourself happy? I mean, we are, we sometimes stay, in a comfortable position because even though we are unhappy, and I can tell you by experience, I've been through this experience for years. 
I'd been working in the company. I was the CEO of the company, well-paid, you know, from external point of view, you would say, wow, it was great. But I was so unhappy, frustrated, because the owner of the company was, yes, a lunatic person. But still, I stayed there because people told me, oh, but you had a great job, you had a lot of responsibility, your business since we took over grew up. And it was like, okay, from the external point of view, it was, you know, nice and shiny. But inside of me, it was kind of destroying me. And one day I decided, okay, I'm leaving. I didn't have any plan, anything. I said, I cannot. It's my own health. It's my own, you know, mindset, which is shrinking. So this is quite important to be able to, you know, sit down, slow down, and take a step back and say, okay, am I where I want to be? And what can I do for myself for once, not for the other, but for myself in order to evolve to change and to find some some a jacket that suits me, as you say. Mm, exactly, a tailored-made jacket. Yeah. Yes, bespoke. I love this English word, bespoke. It's exactly, yeah. Um, you know, we live we live in a world, don't we, Michael, where everything's at our fingertips. I mean, Google is now the library. You know, 40, 30, 40 years ago, you know, if we wanted to find something, you'd go to the library and you would have to read through, and everything's on our on our fingertips. You know, now. Um, but why is it, you know, that that people know what to do, but then don't take action? What? Why do you feel that that is? Fear. I think this is very often fear, fear of of not being enough. You know, I'm, I've done RTT, so I, I and I guess you know also Marie Zapier, and one of the core of our messages everything uh, relate to feeling not being enough. So, uh, and the more I'm working with my customers, the more I see this is really drilling down to that, not being enough, not nice enough, not smart enough, not thin enough, not whatever. So very often what prevents us to take action, despite that in our brain and in our mind, everything is clear. We know the action plan, we know what we should do. We have already kind of planned everything. And I think this is the fear of, not be at the level that we think we will not be enough. We compare ourselves to the other people. Oh, this guy, I mean, he's making huge success. I'm never at this level. So, you know, when a few years ago, I started to watch people like Tony Robbins and say, my God, I will never be a coach. But then it took me some work for my, on myself to realize, okay, I don't have to be him to be successful to my own judgment, to my own uh, level. So this is, I think, one of the main things fear comparing ourselves to other people and being comfortable in the uncomfortable situation we are in. Mm -hmm. It's not painful enough for us to take the action. And I think the, the biggest, I'm going to say, learning or growth that you can have is learning that it doesn't have to be so painful for you to take action. As mm -hmm. soon as you start realizing that it's not the right place, the right position, the right situation you are in start taking action don't wait for you to be like the the, the, the back against the wall to take action and i think this is the main uh, trigger that needs to be activated yeah very interesting we've spoken a lot about mindset and you know i love how you said that the mind and the innovation have to have to work together we have to grow on ourselves as well as growing in in our ideas with mindset, you know, being so key, what, what's your personal biggest challenge when it comes to your own mind? Mm. 
tricky question. Uh, what is my personal challenge? I think, as you say, for yourself, at least for me, it's the case. It's I'll try to sound not pretentious, but I've, I've been a high achiever for 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 years, and you know, succeeding in school was quite easy. Reaching a high level of certification, everything, first job, highly promoted, quickly promoted, and everything, and it seemed easy. And when you things start to seem easy, you do not even appreciate what you are doing the same way because it seems easy. So when you talk about yourself, even in your own head, you say, "Well, but it was so easy. So it was not a huge effort. So it was not, you know." It was not complicated. So when people tell you, oh, you have done a good job, I say, well, you know, it's not a big deal. And then, and then you become more and more demanding to yourself because you start to go in being perfectionist because you say, oh, if I don't, if I've done this in a few hours, this means that it's not enough. I need to spend more time. I need to be, it was too easy eventually. And it put me in a situation where I was feeling stuck, like, okay, I've done it, but is it good enough? I mean, it cannot be. And I know that I can achieve certain things very quickly. It is easy. Some other are not, it's not my world. It's not my, my environment. So I know it's eventually not the things that, but some things, even though I knew I was good at, I was stuck in procrastination, in self-doubt because, and sometimes I'm still is, I mean, to be honest, uh, because it's, it seems too easy. And these are only the moments where we should eventually listen to others as well. When people tell you, you have done a good job, or it's great what you have done, appreciate it, celebrate it, recognize it. I mean, being able to be, you know, critical of what is real appreciation and what is just fake appreciation, it's quite important because then you can also understand that what you are doing is great and you should celebrate it. Take the time, as I said before, slow down, recognize, celebrate, appreciate yourself and, and give yourself a tap on the back to say, yes, you have done a good job, you know? And yeah. this is one of my, my main challenge personally. Yeah, I, it's, I really think it's always important, regardless of what business you're in and whatever you do, that you have the courage and the vulnerability to show somebody your belly. Because for me, sometimes when it always looks so good, where it always looks so perfect, for me, I think it becomes less, um, mm. you know, there's less of a connection there. You're thinking, come on. Yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. I really, because I really feel like we don't have to be, great at everything in order for somebody to take our wisdom and our counsel and I think you kind of was alluding to this at the start because I always say you know when it comes to our own development and the, and the people we allow to speak into our life it's a little bit like the food we eat it can't all be carbs it can't all be you know minerals it can't all be protein it has to be a mix which a mix. my concern with some people is they they highlight one or two people in the public eye and they follow these people around to every venue event. And all they do is they become, they become fat in one area of their life, but really lacking any substance in another. That's true. I mean, I mean you, you parallel with the, the nutrition is quite, it's quite inspiring because at the end, this is really the things you need to find the right, 
balance. I'm not talking about work-life balance. I do not believe in these things, but it's more about, you know, work, be, be curious. I mean, feed yourself, accept your vulnerability, your weakness, improve them and, and, and express them as well. I mean, be open to people around yourself. You don't always have to be, you know, the perfect, the, the succeeding person, the, the, the guy or the, I mean, the, the person always having the right answer to everything. And this is challenging sometimes because some people, and as I say, I have four children, I'm married. People come to you with exp expecting for you to have an answer. And it's take, how do you say, energy and sometimes courage to say, no, I can't, sorry, I don't know. I mean, I learn, I will try to help you to find a solution, but I don't always know things. But this is not what is expected very often. We, ex people around us expect to know everything, to handle everything. And it takes challenge to be able to say, no, I don't, I don't know, sorry. Mm. And, and, and I'm ready to learn because I'm a curious person. I'm always ready to learn, but, but it takes, it took me as well some, some time to accept to say, sorry, I don't know. I don't have the knowledge. Yeah. Michael, what would be a couple of things that you do to cal calibrate your mind, you know, and maybe some daily things that you do to, to make sure that your mind is in, in the right way to learn and grow and to, kind of be a gatekeeper to some of those some of those doubts or some of those projections that people may put on you as i said i do not have i mean i will be disruptive eventually in, the, in that i do not have you know a strict ritual or i do meditation every morning i do this every day and everything i rather have a toolbox and i'm i'm doing what i'm feeling is the right thing at the right moment at the specific moment. Sometime, I mean, I say, okay, I'll do a meditation. Sometime I just go out for a walk with my dog and he helped me to, you know, to, to replenish my energy. So it's really having a toolbox and it's identifying what is the right tool to use at a specific moment. And I like to be flexible because as I say, sometimes it's just speaking to a friend, speaking, going out for something. So. For, for for a coffee with a friend or it's really up allow yourself to do what you feel also not always if a routine is something which is good for you and you feel good about it because you need that great i mean trust you get trust your instinct believe in it allow yourself learn enough tools enough you know routines if you like journaling and it make you feel good this is what you should do. So it's really, a, there are plenty of things that are here available to all of us. Find the right tool, experiment it, and feel inside of you what it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And then use all this tool. And as I say, it can be different for everybody. But for myself, it's really having this freedom of using these tools whenever I need them. This is mm -hmm. what is my, my own routine. I allow myself to do what I want and what I feel when I need it. Mm. You've been in the coaching industry for around 30 years. What, what makes you keep showing up? Why, why do you keep uh, putting yourself out there? Why do you keep creating? What keeps you hungry? Because I've been, as I say, I've been in business. So I've been running in, in, in corporates and everything. And the result was very much measured to the bottom line. You know, 
What is the ARPU? What is the uh, turnover of this year? How much did you improve from last year? It's nice. It's very important. It's part of growing a business. But when you are in the coaching area and you have people telling you, oh, my God, thank you very much. I mean, this session was just amazing. Or it changed my life upside down. It gave me the energy. You change people's life. And personally, I find it very rewarding, more than no. Uh, uh, black bottom line saying you have improved 30% the turnover from last year is good but impacting people and having in their voice in their eyes the recognition that they, 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 they appreciate it and you, you how do you say you help them to overcome something that was painful for them is very very much rewarding and I like it honestly mm. do you think you're addicted to that excuse me do you think you're addicted to that No, honestly, no, because I take it for the moment. It helped me to, to believe and appreciate what I'm doing and wanting to do it more. But should I stop tomorrow because for whatever reason, I don't think I'm addicted. I just, why? Because I've been in a situation where I've been somehow addicted to my work and everything. And I know... I do not see coaching as a job or as a title. For me, it's a tool. And I'm pretty sure that whatever I'm doing, I will still do something where I think I can impact and help people because of, of what it makes them. And I try to, as I say, to work hard to not being addicted and build myself towards it. Because at the end, this is looping back to what we say initially. I mean, this is the external rewards and everything. So it's not that, but it's... Enriching myself, true, but I try to not be addicted to that, and I don't think I am. Mm. Now, there's coaches everywhere because it's one of the things oh. that I really get frustrated with. You know, being you know in that industry myself, you know, for a good chunk of time, and everybody seems to be a coach. And uh, for for some reason or other, it's it it actually makes me want to walk away from it purely mm. because of it. Just it's everywhere. Like how how do you personally feel about the coaching industry currently? Like how do you feel? I love that you asked this question, really, because I will tell you a secret. Please don't repeat to anybody. I mean, I'm sure nobody will listen to it. But a few years ago, I started a certification in coaching. I won't give name because this is not the purpose. But I stopped it. I say, okay, this is not for me because. It was really like you have to go by the book. There are rules. You should not do this. You should do that. It was very, I don't say it's bad. I mean, there are a lot of good things. I learned a lot of good things, but I didn't want to go by the book. I have experience. I have, you know, I've been in, in, in the business industry, in managing people, in helping people for, as you say, for 30 years. And I think that sometimes, as I say, I'm a coach, sometimes I'm a consultant, sometimes I'm an advisor, sometimes as a therapist for my RTT practice. And the way that I see the industry today is that we think that you just have to take a certification, which is good, but it's not, I'm not from my point of view, it's not enough. And, and you have to feel it deep inside of you that 
you you want to do that. This is something that drives you, and it's not a, an opportunity because there was a good marketing these few years. You know, I mean, the industry of coaching will grow by X percent within the next few years. So go in there. You can have a certification in two weeks and everything. This is very frustrating. You're right, but at the end, you know, there are room. There is room for everybody, and you will attract the people that want to work with you. And somebody said, told me one day, I think it was, maybe you heard about him, probably Rich Litvin, a coach that I really love. And in, one day he said, well, you best customer, you see it every morning in the mirror. And when you are in the position that you want to help people and not just to have funnel leads and you know market, then you put yourself in a different position and people will start follow you and, and trust you and, and work with you. But I understand it, it's, it's frustrating because, I mean, we are bombarded every single day by, you know, coaches everywhere, but well, touch is life and trying to, to help one people, uh, people one discussion at a time. I mean, I'm sure that there is enough and, and, and people, and I, and I saw this last year and a half, two years since COVID as well, the demand is growing and people realize that there is something outside of work, there is some side and, and they need to take care of themselves in a broader sense than just being vaccinated or whatsoever, but take care of themselves uh, uh, in, in deep inside. I mean, they were confronted to some isolation and everything. So a lot of things went in their mind. So I think there is, there is always room, but I understand your point. It's somehow frustrating, but well, I mean, what yeah. can you do? I mean, it literally is. It's like having a marriage certificate, but it's the every day that will keep a marriage, you know, strong. It's, you know, it's one thing to have. Yeah, I've got I've got the approval, but it's another thing to actually live that out. Anybody can have a marriage certificate, but not oh, yeah. not everybody's going to have a great marriage, you know, so that's really important. Is there anything else that you want to share, Michael, before we bring this into land and you let people know how to get in touch with you? Well, one thing that that uh, eventually I, I wanted to say as well is, you know, I told you initially I was I had a computer science background. I'm engineer and computer. And when I started my journey through the coaching uh, activity. I came to all this practice, as you mentioned before, or we mentioned before, journaling, meditation, hypnotherapy, RTT, and everything. And being a you know engineer, I wanted to understand how it worked because at some point of time for me it, it looked like a you know guru type of things and voodoo things. I say, okay, why journaling would help your brain or or yourself to feel better, or how meditation is working. And I went also to a journey about uh, neuroscience. I learned about neuroscience, how the brain is working. And, and it's fascinating because then I realized that when you explain to the people why all these things are working, that there are scientific proof, because some people still need that. Some people just believe, and that's great. Some people need some you know, science-based proof and when I went through this journey about neuroscience, I find it fascinating because I, for myself as well, I was able to understand, okay, now there are some rational or some science-based element that helped me to understand why it's working. But also I realized that when you explain to people how you can rewire your brain, how you can erase old belief system and re-implement new one, and it's not just, you know, again, a belief, it's science-based, 
it helped a lot of people to accept and understand and improve very much the result because they feel more comfortable and they trust more. So that's why I say these are all the tools that I'm trying to use in my practice. And, and I'm a curious person, so I like the fact that I can you know, use all these tools whenever I want and, 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 and trying to help the person with the right tool at the right moment. Love that. Love that, Michael. And how do people find out more about you? How do they connect? Say hello. So you can see me on my website, obviously. It's michaelcohen.co. Uh, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L Cohen, C-O-H-E-N dot C-O. And I'm present on uh, various social media, LinkedIn, Michael Cohen as well. Uh, it's M-I-C dot Cohen on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, I mean, you, if you go to my website, you will find all the connection anyway on my, on my various uh, uh, social media platforms and i would be more than happy to answer and to connect with whoever whoever wants some discussion and go deeper it's a great pleasure beautiful michael i've really enjoyed uh having the chance to sit sit with you and have a great conversation which is thank you very much what we said about impacting the world uh, let's believe that this uh this interview will impact uh, those that that listen to it Thank you very much, Mark. It was a real pleasure. And, and I love the job that you, you and Brains are doing because it's it's really going, you know, deep and right in the in the coaching and self-development industry. And I like this very much. So thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.